0: Hey, everybody. It is Puka. Thank you for joining us on the One to Go show. It's hard to believe, but the high school hockey season is right around the corner. And with that being said, we wanted to remind you of the other podcast that Goat Sports produces, which is called the Tea with Miss McGill Show. The Tea with Miss McGill Show covers high school hockey in Minnesota. So if you're a hockey fan, jump over to the favorite place that you podcast Search the Two with Miss McGill show if you'd like to catch it on YouTube or on Facebook. Search GOAT Sports Media and you can catch it there. Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply. It is Puka, it is the Burt Lehman, and it is the Ryan Aho. Welcome, everybody, to episode 106 already. And already the middle of November, fellas.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, uh, middle of November, I was just down in the Bahamas. Turns out it's a lot warmer down in the Bahamas. No dirt (laughs) tracks down there. I didn't get to watch any racing this past weekend, but we're back home. We're back at it. And Bert, incidentally, right here, we're not friends this week. Right, it is what it is. It. I'll be your friend again next week after my Vikings beat your Packers, but uh, until then, I, I just I don't know. I, I just don't know.
2: I was I was gonna say, are we ever friends?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. is there? What's the line on the game? Is the line are
1: the lines out yet?
0: I, I don't haven't know.
1: Seen, I haven't seen. It's gonna be. It's gotta be pretty close. I don't think that anybody. I would say it's got to be within a couple points. I don't know which way I have not looked yet, but um, Bert's already making excuses. He said, Oh, we got a couple <laughs> players out. I'm like, oh, so we're already starting with the excuses already. Hey,
2: our number one running back is out uh, probably COVID? our number one receiver, or I mean, it, uh, outside linebacker. What's that? Is it COVID related or just injuries? Uh, no, a uh, sprained MCL okay. in his knee. And uh, Rashawn Gary hyperextended his elbow last week. Uh, I don't know if you, if you watched the game, they showed the replay one time and I had to turn away from the screen because arms aren't supposed to bend that way. Uh, And CBS would not show, show the play again. So I, so, I mean, to only be hyperextended, I guess he got off lucky considering how bad it looked. (laughs)
1: You know, I could, go, I could go the same way, incidentally. Our number one pass rusher, right? Daniel Hunter, he's out for the year. Our number one corner, Patrick Peters, <laughs> he's out. So that's just part of the NFL. We're no, I know,
0: it. I know. <laughs> and it's it's it, uh, at the Tundra, right? It, no, you know, it's, it's at, it's, it's, it's Minnesota. Oh, someone, someone told me this week and I said, okay, okay. Oh, okay, Ooh. so episode
1: number 106, right? We got a tradition, things are getting a little bit tougher here, right? Who do you guys got? Bert, we'll start with you. You got a one, either one of you have a 106.
2: I do not have a 106.
1: Okay, I'll start an epic fail on your part. How do you not know <laughs> the infamous? Okay, I'm gonna give you a clue, you should be able to get his name sixth in points at the greater Cumberland Raceway. In Cumberland, Maryland, in the pure stock division, how do you not know this, right? <laughs> so, Jeff sent it over. He sent the picture, Cody King. I'm like, How long has he been racing? He says, I think like a couple of years or whatever. There you go. So, Jeff got us another Got one. I didn't have one either. So, how about 06? Uh, I didn't have one of them either. Either you got 06?
2: I do not have an 06. All right. Well, I thought-
1: getting tougher hopefully somebody does they can post in the comments if you have a 106 or 06 post in the comments please post some pictures in there and maybe a story about him if you have any of the above but let's get to number six i know we all got a number six for who do you got
2: um, i have a number six uh he is actually still racing late models uh but he is racing under a different number right now um but uh this is a number he started with at Shino speedway and that would be Todd Frank. Interesting,
1: <laughs> I had no idea. So when was
2: he, in, is that what he started with? When was he number yeah. six? I don't know why he was number six, but that's uh, what he he raced at early in his career at Shano Speedway. And I was actually, I actually ran across a video online with some old cars from Shano Speedway and I saw the number six, so I had to do, I took a picture of the screen so I can share the photo with you guys.
1: <laughs> hey, tag me in that or let me know how to find that because it'd, it'd be cool to post that little video clip up there on our page okay. two of uh, Todd Frank and a number six. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You got any You got any others before we jump over to Puka? Um, I, I have another one, number
2: six, but I want to see if you guys name him first. So All right.
0: Uh,
1: All right. Puka, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I'll do two. I'll do John and Jeffrey Massengill. Those are the first ones that come to mind locally here uh, on the Iron Range.
1: Jamming Johnny Massengill. You know, he yeah. wore a bunch of races and basically everything that he was in. Mods, he had a really good stint there for a few years in the late model. You know, and then, of course, Jeffrey Massengill, he's turned into a pretty good hot shoe. I remember when Jeffrey Massengill was, like, this tall, and he first <laughs> right. started, and he had a, I think it was a, I don't know if it was a Ford Ranger or a Chevy S10, that little pickup truck. You know? Yeah,
0: right, right. I remember that, yeah.
1: And he was so little that the racing seat looked like a child seat. I'm like, that thing is tiny, right? And, uh, you know, and he kind of went through the ranks and he's, he's turned into a pretty darn good race car driver as well. So I have a couple as well. <clears throat> a Hibbing guy. I'm going to give you a clue, Puka. Let's see if you can figure this out. He owned Bill Matsdorf's car for a little while. He had a silver Gremlin in the six-cylinder division. You got
0: it? No. Terry Funk. Oh, Terry Funk was six. My dad was buddy Terry Funk. They're in Nam together. Oh, no, no kidding. Kidding. So I remember when Terry, Funk, I actually, my first ever kids ride, I was scared to death was in Terry funks, you know, there's no seats. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll go for the kids ride. and They throw you in there and you're like, hold on to these bars. And it's so loud. There's mud flying all over. I was spotted out. <laughs> yeah. He's still
1: around. You know, he's a, he owns some kind of a business. I know he's been up to hitting in Grand Rapids a little bit. I know Billy drove his car. He was the last guy that drove for Terry. And then I got a late model guy. Okay, from Wisconsin. He won a race. Now, back in the 80s, uh, Puka, he ran a late model. I know okay, you he got. won a race. He won a feature this year over at, I think it was in Jimtown. And he had a really
0: cool-looking hauler, kind of yeah. a yeah, Yeah. You remember who that was? I don't know the first name, but I believe the last name was Haas, H-A-A-S. It was, Bert. Is that who you were thinking of?
2: Yes, that is who I was thinking Really? Awesome. Haas? <laughs> there
0: you go.
1: Yeah, Steve Haas. And I think that's either kids or grandkids that race. So there's a few of them. If you look over at the Eagle Valley Speedway in Jim Falls, Wisconsin, they ran a bunch of shows over there. I got another late model guy for you, red car. I think Holiday Inn was the sponsor on the side of it. Used to come to Labor Day from nor- I think he was from North Dakota, or at least he was a uh, Grand Forks Fargo car. Remember that one? I think that da- yeah. was Darren Engelstead number six. Oh, and he's the guy that, or was he, he black. out there? There's two, there was a patent, okay. right? There was a patent from over there in Engelstead. I, I got them mixed up. Somebody's going to correct us on the show. I'm going to have to look back at, uh, at the pictures here, but there was a, there was a patent from Old West and then Darren Engelstead, but then I'm thinking about it. I think Darren Engelstead might have been number 11, but uh, there was a patent that came over And I had pictures of his car. I'm going to see if I can find them to post it on here. But I didn't know much about him. And I tell you, number six was not real common. Maybe that's why the Mastin goes, they always like to do things different, right? So they go with one of those round numbers, right? That's hard to make them look cool. So with that said, this show, guys, brought to you by our friends out at Dirt Track Supply, Watertown, South Dakota, Um, Ron, of course, Trevor out there building the aero chassis winning with the aero chassis but with all the rule changes and stuff coming up get your parts right get a hold of them anything that happened with the rule changes we'll talk about that in just a little bit at the wasota meetings they'll take care of you they can get anything you need for those rule changes so thanks a lot to those guys out west so guys what do you think a couple big national events this weekend interesting right you know we're in the middle of November. Typically, you don't see two big paying late model events on the same weekend in November, right? That's just usually you don't even see one big late model race in November until last year. Now you had two. So they had the Peach State Classic over in Sonoya, Georgia. They had two nights over there. Night number one, of course, went to the killer Kyle Bronson. Night number two to Chris Smokey Madden, who guys, he ain't won since May. We talked about him, is he gonna win another race all year? Well, he got her done, and a big one, 52,000 at that. What stuck out to you from either one of these races, guys?
2: Uh, well, I mean, first of all, uh, there are 60 plus late models uh, in at Sonoya. So, I mean, a great car count uh, for a first year event like this. And um, watching the feature on, on Friday night, uh, Kyle Bronson, um there were six straight laps where he tagged the wall in three and four while leading that race <laughs> and the laps the laps after that I mean he was like inches away from tagging the wall but so yeah I mean he he was right on the edge even though he was leading he was right on the edge the entire time
1: that kind of brings us back to the USA Nationals right because he was exactly. so incredibly fast early and it's like this guy's gonna kill his car. There's no way, and it turned out it didn't work out for him. One thing we can say about Kyle Bronson is he's always on the chip, right? He's not. He's not gonna just roll around and be boring. He's gonna be exciting, but a little bit of a bad night for him. Not a little bit, a real bad night for him. The next night, I was he supposed to start on the front row? I think he was right. And I'm he, not. I'm not yeah, right sure where he was
2: supposed to start, but but uh, he did not start the second race. And yeah, it was a
1: DNS. He broke in staging is what I understand. And I, I didn't find the details there. Maybe somebody can post it in the comments, but man, to go from winning the prelim night, right. Then you got the 52 grand. He had been feeling pretty good about himself overnight and then not to even
0: get to start the feature. That's, that's a rough break for him. Uh, Puka what stuck out to you over at Sonoya? Well, you know, the big thing was they were very, very concerned with getting that program in, in a timely fashion. You know, they kept announcing, you know, get into staging, get into staging, get into staging with, a, you know, like I said, November night. Uh, but I thought, you know, that's a good sign, you know, is, you know, promoters, you, you, need, you need to be, we need more promoters like that, especially on, like I said, a cold show like that in November. Uh, Marlar was kind of surprised. Good to see Marlar there. Uh, I thought maybe he could bag the money. And, and of course he was, you know, second place. He was close there. The B one bomber, Brett Larson ran fairly well. And there's a lot of similarities. It's not just the yellow wall. I don't think, but there's a lot of, seems like there's a lot of similarities between Cedar and Sonoya. Um, you remember he, he was running well in that race this summer and they got caught up in that big wreck. I think him and Gustin, you know, got collected and Gustin actually um, had a really good card in one of the heat races. Uh, Spencer Hughes continues to impress that, Another Longhorn, Bilstein combo guy. I guess he's going to run for Rookie of the Year next year. Lucas, that's my pick. Chalk it up right here. You're Rookie of the Year next year, and Lucas will be Spencer Hughes. And then Marlar and Madden battling in the in the future there was kind of like the 2018 year. They kind of ran away with the points. Uh, Marlar won it in the 157 Delk car, uh, but those two were kind of so far ahead. And, and like I said, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Madden pulling that off. And then Winger not winning. You know, he was five for five going into the event but remember when he was winning he was running the 12 car now he's running i can't remember the guy's name he's running a bloomquist car was that a factor
1: i would have to think so you know he's so darn good in that 12 you know all the way through the hell tour and then jumping into this race here into the end of the year you know you get it's a whole different feel right you take that the bloomquist cars compared rosie he and he was in a rocket
0: before right yeah right well we thought he was in an mb right but then we got to the usa nationals and there was a rocket on the gas We you know, we thought we were we were in the pits we're like we yeah, thought so it was the mb all along yeah
1: yeah so he's bouncing around a little bit i would have to think you know you want all them races in the 12th car and then all of a sudden you jump into something different that's going to be a little bit of a tough transition you can tell he was visibly disappointed when they were interviewing him after the race with third right yeah 60 yeah. plus cars you know, 52 grand to win, you're on the podium in a show like that. And I get it. You know, I like that, right? I like, I like seeing that in him. I really do. Because, you know, when you go five for five and then you don't win either one, you're going to be disappointed. And if you're not, then you're lacking that competitive drive. And he's got that fire, that competitive drive. You can tell he's hungry. He wants to win. And I think that's going to, I think he's going to have one hell of a 2022 season. And probably
2: what was uh, more disappointing to him is the fact that he did start on the front row on Saturday night and, you know, fell back to, th- I mean, fell back to third. I mean, third place is still a very respectable position. I believe uh, Madden started sixth. So, I mean, you know, he did a good job of getting to the front.
1: I remember <laughs> invitational time when we were running for national points, we'd get a third, right? My pit guy, Changa, he'd be he'd be more pissed off than me. He'd be like third <laughs> third stupid like we didn't racing ain't fun winning is fun we didn't come here to get third right but let's face it you get in a show like that i mean that's a pretty respectable finish but i like how he his expectations are to win right because some people are like hey i just hope to make the show well that's what you're gonna get you're gonna make the show maybe right but if he's going there like i, I came here to win well, that's going to bring out the best in you, and and I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I like seeing that that side of him, and I think it's important. Now we talked about Marla, our third night one, second night two, a, two straight podium finishes. He's a guy that might steal one here before the end of the season. We got a few more things coming up, and you know, really, you take a look at it here, Madden. This is the best weekend he's had in a long time. Of course, the big win, but he also got second on night number one you know, looking at that turbo, he was in the top five. So stout feel the cars down there. And you mentioned they're trying to get stuff done and they did in a timely fashion. We're not used to that with them Southern shows, right? We're used to this time of year that starting at 11 in the morning and going till 10 at night. We're used to the marathon events and Good to see that they're they were cognizant of that. Hey, we got to get the show on the road here, so that is a pretty good feel. So, anything else there hey. on Peach State Classic, Bert? What do you got? Uh, yeah, I
2: just wanted to. I didn't watch the race, but I saw the hot this particular highlight on Facebook. Did you see the finish to the the late model crate feature? I heard about <laughs> it. I, the the six oh four crate finish. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like like the top six cars collected each other and then basically almost took out the whole field behind them as they crossed the finish
0: line (laughs) yeah the the third place guy tried to do a slide for life never had a chance to clear second or first and then he just never let off he just wanted he just stayed on the gas and then he ends up folding into the wall in front of everyone and and if you i watch it a few times he ends up of course the guy that caused it he just kind of he kind of coasted off and I mean, he came to a stop, but he like the least amount of damage, you know. The guy, and then, and then, right as they were going into three, the announcer said, and I don't know who the guys are. I think it was the second place guy. Like the guy's got a tire going down, so that guy's trying to just milk it in to finish. So last lap, last corner, third place comes dive bombing and it, take out the first <laughs> place. Just it was something else. That is my kind
1: of guy, right there, man. I I, I like that. Right, I'd, I'd rather get fifteenth trying to win. Then just settle for third and just go, man, I I should have taken a shot. So I like that. I'm guessing the guys that got caught up in that wreck did not like that very much. But it didn't cost me any money. I like that. That's exciting. I want to watch that kind of stuff. So let's let's head out west. They had the Duel in the Desert out there. Second straight year, they had late models at this event, of course, promoted by XR. You know, a pair of shows out there. Night number one went to JD, who's been red hot. The, the end of the year here another win out there we'll get into this he should have probably won night two he probably should have won that one as well but night two of course went to the smooth operator <laughs> dave dave Dulcix favorite driver in the oh. entire world no he, he definitely not right bobby pierce got her done big win for him he was one of four drivers guys Cause it was 50 grand to win and he was one of four eligible for the double down. So he ended up getting a hundred thousand to win payday out there, put his winnings up pretty high. We'll talk about that in a little bit. What stuck out to you guys from out in Las Vegas?
2: Uh, well, first of all, I would like to point out that I took the over on the car count and I was correct
1: because there were,
2: I believe like 32 or 33 yep. late models there. So uh, I mean, a decent field of cars, uh, you know, considering how far west this show is. And uh, there were some big hitters there. Um, I had forgotten that uh, Josh Richards was going to try Boom Briggs' backup car, and maybe he should stay in that car all of next year because he looked really good in it. Um, so, you know, I, he finished a podium position on Saturday.
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, and uh, so he looked good in there. And i didn't watch friday's feature but saturday's feature uh yeah davenport he was smoking for like six six or seven laps and then he jumped the cushion and then uh rtj tagged him with his rear end as he was going by and then that was the end of that um oh but probably the biggest thing was uh and i don't know how this happens in a big race like this but uh Brandon Overton was supposed to start on the front row in Saturday's feature. And during the pace laps, a wheel fell off and um, (laughs) you never want to, that, that was always my biggest fear when I was in MJ McBride's pit crew, because one of my jobs was to use the torque wrench to double check, make sure all the lug nuts were
1: tight. So that was always my biggest fear. (laughs) Donkey award goes out to the crew guy responsible for tightening (laughs) the lug nuts for Overton, because that literally cost him, an opportunity of eclipsing a million earnings ain't happening that that's out of the picture he can get up over 900 but he's not going to hit a million so big donkey award is going out to him and and jeff used to pit for me and changa i can tell you right now they there would have been worse let's put it that way my personal (laughs) growth level was not very high when that was happening and man i i'd like to see how overton handled that right now he doesn't pay for his own stuff so it's a little bit different like It's like, well, whatever didn't cost him money out of his pocket. Well, it kind of did, yeah,
2: it kind of (laughs) did,
1: but yeah, you know, he seems so even keel, right? You know, he he doesn't get too high, he doesn't seem to get too low. He's kind of right here, and I'd like to see how he handled that. That he must have been like, maybe think about cold trickle, right? We're eating ice cream and he's in there boxing with his pit crew, right? I'd like to see how he handled that. Um, we all know, I mean. You don't know him well, Bert, but Puka and I know Jeff Provenzino. Can you imagine Provo starting front <laughs> row, hundred grand to win, and his tire fell off? He'd be in jail. You, you, would have, you would
0: have been beating his pit guy with a jack handle oh, or that, something. Yeah, he he yeah. Would have went bonkers on that deal. Or, like, or, or the guy had to get to the blackjack table in a hurry and win a hundred. Hey you
1: owe me money. You pay for this for sure. I, I like to see how some people respond. But man, that was a tough break. That was a big story. Because we are talking about it the last six weeks. You know, Kenny hit a million. He's got to win Vegas. He's, and he had had a shot to win, of course, at the Dirt Trap World Championships. RTJ snuck by him. So that left him. He had to win Vegas. And what a way to lose that deal. Not that he would have won. I mean, Pierce was good, right? But I'd like to think that he would have been there at the end. I think he
0: would have been in position to make it happen. So, Ryan, do you think that was the cause of, like, the last minute, They're you know, they had – what, what tire was it? I can't remember. I don't know which tire it you was. I just heard a
2: tire fell off.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, do you think it was like that last move where they were just waiting, looking at the track? All right. This is the, you know, whatever. We, you know. we call that a pit
1: lift mistake, right? Because everybody's got these pit lifts, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, right. They're, they're awesome. The problem is when you have the pit lift, the tires are all on it, everything's sitting there. And a lot of times people don't, they, I've seen it. We've seen more tires fall off this year than i've seen ever right and it's because they have the car up and they, they didn't set it down check the lugs and put it back up they just they're leaving the car up on the stand and then they're like okay well as soon as we before we let it down let's buzz the tires back on and they're just missing stuff so you know back on the day when you had to jack it up and let the car down and all that right now they're literally let the lift down and driving off right They just let it down drive off and I think that's uh I think we gotta be a little bit more cognizant of that. It's unbelievable that something like that would happen at a race like this or any race. I mean, I raced for 25 years and never one time had a tire fall off. I, I just mm-hmm. don't understand. It makes no sense to me. And let's face it, I had I had a ton of different pit crew members, right? I mean, I had so many people. I didn't have like the same people all the way through, only a couple were. I had a lot of people that helped and never had a tire fall off. Maybe that's the OCD part of me. I'm not really sure. We used to check the lug nuts like twice, three times. Go over them again. Just check them. I checked them twice. That's okay. Do it again, right? And so that was maybe part of it. I don't know. But uh, what, a, what a let's talk about Pierce, right? You know, I mean, I had no idea that he was even close to half a million in earnings. I had no idea. That put him over half a million dollars. I don't know the exact number, but I know it's over half a million. 21 wins on the year. I had no idea that he had that many. No, he did great during the hell tour and he had a few big ones during the year, but he quietly, you know, when we're talking Overton
0: and JD all year long, he's really in the conversation. He's put together a hell of a season. Yeah. he put together a really good year. I mean, even JD 27 wins, but yes, no, is this Pierce's first hundred thousand he's won the world, right? But has he won the dream? I don't believe so. I don't know yeah. that for sure. So this is probably his and he's what 20 something. So yeah, pretty damn big deal, you know, kind of rolling the dice too, driving from Illinois all the way down there, but yeah, good for him. And he, you know, I was another example. He was the best car at the end, you know, I mean, he, he got strong, you know, kind of at the end of the race there. Uh, yeah. So, you know, really good for him. And I just want to echo, you know, Bert's statement on Boom Briggs you know, or uh, Richards and Boom's car. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good. Um, and what do you guys think of uh, Bloomquist still winless in 2021? <laughs> I just
1: don't see him getting one. I really don't. Unless unless he runs one of the support classes, like, a, I don't know, like a hobby stock or something, you know, at one of these events, I just he, – he's not winning in a late model before the end of the year. That's just not going to
0: happen. Yeah, because he's, he's a past champ of the gobbler in two weeks. Go ahead, Bert.
1: So, I, I agree with that. And
2: then I, I just wanted to t- touch on, uh, you know, Pierce being over half a million dollars in winnings. I mean, between – I didn't realize he was up that high either. Uh, But I think looking at what he's won this year, looking at what Overton has won this year, and neither one of them follows a series, I mean, how many drivers over the offseason are going to look at this and say, hey, I don't need to follow a series, I can make more money, you know, picking and especially with these extra XR races that are going to be run next year so it's going to be interesting to see who follows a series and who doesn't follow a series. We'll
1: talk about that more in just a little bit here. Cause you're, you're definitely right. I heard some, there was rumblings going on at them shows this weekend about just that, you know, one thing I will say on Vegas is I watched early in the week, right? They had mods and stock cars and it was flat top to bottom. And I'm like, this is going to be a mess, right? Cause they had, before I got on the cruise, they had, I, I looked, just looked at some clips and I'm like, this is going to be terrible there's no way it doesn't rubber up. Well, they did change the order and the late models didn't run dead last, which was good. They, they ran a while. The track was still in good shape. So, you know, it was actually better racing than I thought it would be slightly better than Texas, right? That, that one, I think took rubber on the parade lap. I'm pretty sure. So it was better than that, but they needed a good show because quite honestly, Bristol was a snoozer I thought. And, and I thought that uh, Texas was a snoozer. Out of the three XR races, this is probably the best of the three, I would think, wouldn't you? I would agree.
2: I mean, one thing is, I mean, there is a there is a nice cushion uh, on the track at Vegas. Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of a treacherous cushion, but there was a cushion there. I mean, there were portions of the cushion where the cars would hit it with their tires and the clay would just roll You know, I grew up on a farm, so I did a lot of hay raking. And that's what it reminded me of rows of hay. You know, it was rows of clay as the tires (laughs) went
1: by. Yeah, it was interesting. Any
2: last thoughts on Vegas? Well, just uh, RTJ had a good uh, run in the late model and dominated the, the modified portion of the show, which he usually does there. Okay. Yeah, I think
1: he won all the prelims and the main event, didn't he? With the modified, yeah. You know, and then of course, like you said, he was on the podium with a third place in the finale on the on that big show. So definitely a good weekend for him. So I got a question for you. So, would you rather Puka brought to
0: you by Blue Line Brews, our friends here? So if you want some coffees, definitely coffees in at least up north. We got like four inches of snow. I think it's here to stay. Uh, so definitely coffee season. If you go to Blue Line Brews Facebook page, they're actually giving away free coffee. If you want some free coffee, go there, read the details. I mean, it's basically you put the first name of a police officer, just the first name. We don't want any last names. Uh, they're gonna, you know, kind of get a list, and then they're gonna do some drawings after Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, Blue Line Brews. If you want to order some Blue Line Brews, just go right down in the show, show notes here at BlueLineBrews.com. Uh, get your order in. Like I said, they've been supporting us for a long time now. Been great partners. We're really happy to have them. So if you want to support the One to Go show, check out some really good brew here at Blue Line Brews.
1: Great cause, too. Great cause. So would you rather, okay, we get into November, and typically there's not a lot of racing. We have the Extreme Series, got the Gobbler. There's a few things. But now this past weekend, you had Vegas, all west. You had Sonoya with, with the Peach State Classic. As a fan or, or as a driver, I'm the driver in the bunch or was, So, as a fan or driver, doesn't matter. Would you rather Vegas or Sonoya? If you, if they had to do it all over again, which direction would you be heading? Now, I'm going to take out of the equation if you were one of the four on the double down deal because that one's obvious. You're going for a hundred grand to win. That said, that out of the equation, if it's basically fifty grand to win either direction, would which one would you rather do, and why? Uh, I'll
0: I'll take this one. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, although I was impressed with Vegas, because I was really, you know, you're down in the desert, and it can be tough with water, and I it was when I lived in Billings, Montana, it was tough with water, because, you know, they, sometimes they put water on the track, but the water they got was so hard and full of minerals, it just wasn't this, you know, they, they had it down that it was water, but it wasn't, it wasn't water, it wasn't the same, so I was impressed in the half mile, you know, whole deal. There wasn't a lot of lap traffic that was a factor. So I was impressed with Vegas, but definitely Sonoya. Like I said earlier, it's, it's got that Cedar Lake ish feel. Uh, you know, the yellow wall, I don't know. They're probably roughly the same size, but just that slickness, you know, that slickness is kind of what we grew up with with specials until, I don't know, mid 2000s, you know, or maybe 2010 where before they started really farming tracks. And I never minded the slickness as long as you could still pass. I never wanted slickness to the, to the point of one lane, but you know, that is a, it was a slippery, slick track, you know, like we saw it earlier in the year. So, uh, I mean, Sonoya now, now after watching a few races there, it's, it's a track that I, you know, I'd love to get to And Like I said, kids, that was what a special looked like for the three of us when, when we were kids.
1: Yeah. They had a good atmosphere there. Bert. uh, what, which one would you rather do Sonoya or Vegas?
2: I mean, actually going into this weekend, I was looking forward to Sonoya more than Vegas. Uh, but after watching the features, um, to me, Vegas had the better, better racing and I would choose Vegas. Um, it had late models, but there I'm kind of in IMCA country over in Eastern Wisconsin and IMCA Modifieds and IMCA stock cars were also part of that program in Vegas. So to me, the support divisions, um, are better in Vegas and more worth your money, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> That's a good way of thinking about it, too. Just the overall event, not just the late models, the overall event. And I'm kind of a horse apiece. You know, uh, I think both of them would be good. I, how many classes of late models do they have at Sonoy? Did they only have two or did they have three? I don't know. I think it was two. Know. Just two, because I know a lot of them shows down there have three, and it's like I don't want to go watch three classes of <laughs> late models. I can tell you that. Um, but going out west, I think both of the shows would be good. Probably more to do in Vegas as a fan. If you're there for if you're there for the week, there's probably more to do outside of just racing. But uh, overall, I think it was just I think both events turned out good. I was actually uh-huh. surprised. I really was with how many late models they had out there. They ain't gonna get 50, 60 of them. I mean, it, they could maybe potentially over time build it to that. But, you know, I did not, nobody expected that. And uh, to have over 30, I thought was a pretty fair showing for them. Pretty, and they had some pretty quality
0: cars too, really. Yeah, Yeah. I got it for you guys. So we, you know, we saw Bristol and all the dirt, uh, you know, this earlier this year. Then we saw the World Finals a couple of weeks ago. We saw Texas to summer. All those, well, not Bristol because Bristol, but around the year 2000 is when Texas, Charlotte, and Vegas put the dirt tracks in. And at that time, is also when they were throwing some dirt down on Bristol, and that was that was a big deal. In looking at the World of Outlaws Sprint Car schedule, are you guys surprised that they don't go to Vegas? I mean, they used to, but now in the last couple of years they haven't gone. I mean, if you got a dirt track, and like I so said, this is a NASCAR facility for all intensive purposes are you a bit surprised that they don't get the greatest show on dirt to come to Vegas?
1: I, I am. Um, Cause I went there and actually uh, um, Jeff Tardy was out there at the, when I was out there, I went out there with a the sponsor, of mine, Joel Garson, Garson tile. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to the NASCAR race and then we're like, well, heck, the, the sprint cars are in town too. So we went to the sprint cars and to the NASCAR race. So it just tied everything together. Right. So I'm very surprised that they don't, kind of have a mini speed week now from what i understand kansas city is having a mini speed week this year leading into the nascar race and i think there's some stuff going on down at granite city illinois i I, there's some stuff going on around there leading into that it just makes sense right because think about volusia right before daytona you know when they had full capacity volusia was jam packed. talladega i went to the dirt track there it happened to be lates and mods Jam packed with NASCAR fans that just wanted to go to some races, drink some beer, and you expose those people to dirt track racing. So, I, I am surprised by that. It would make sense to have some kind of dirt racing leading into that. In the world of all laws, is definitely the biggest draw. So, I'm not sure why that isn't happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. I oh, go ahead. I I agree. You know, I don't understand why they don't uh, take advantage of you know, they would get more exposure if they would do that. So it is a little bit surprising.
0: Yeah. And like I said, even Texas, I mean, Texas is a sprint car country too. And like I said, you got this facility, although the racing left a little bit to be desired, but you know, that's, you know, those, or at least at one time, maybe because NASCAR is sucking wind so bad, they don't have any money. But at one point, I mean, you know, what I mean, that was like the money and everything. And, and I, you know, you just got to think when they were envisioning a dirt track, the first thing we were thinking, I mean, look at up at North up here when they were hitting was proposing a new track. I mean, it was always like, well, we're going to get the world of outlaw sprint cars. That's like the first dirt series that kind of comes to mind. So yeah, just, like I said, watching the overall racing, the crowd, they didn't show too much. It looked okay. I wouldn't say great, but I wouldn't say bad. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'm just a little perplexed that the world of outlaw sprint cars are not, are not on the schedule. I think the crowd at La-
1: Sonoya was a lot better than Vegas. Yeah. They had, they had a pretty pat crowd on at Sonoya. But maybe that's a little bit, they actually have a fan base there and Vegas doesn't have a fan base because they don't race weekly. So that's probably a part of it as well. And they got well, a lot more racers there. Puka mentioned
2: that, uh, you know, maybe the money in NASCAR is down and uh, now we're on, on the topic. So I'll just bring it. <clears throat> somehow I ran down the rabbit hole on, uh, on the internet and I found an article where they talked to Jimmy Johnson and... If you notice, NASCAR does not print what the drivers win each week anymore. Uh, That is not public knowledge anymore. And uh, they said from like 2007 to 2015, uh, Jimmy Johnson estimated that the earnings that drivers make was down 50% from the prior years. And he figures it's down another 50% from that. So yeah, that's. I was surprised when I read that.
0: <laughs> well, they, they killed the cost sell of, of Go ahead, Puka. I was gonna say, well, they can't even sell out Bristol. 20 years ago, my father-in-law wanted to bring his dad down there. Like, we gotta go one time. They're like, Well, there's a there's a waiting list that's probably three to five years long or something. It was just ridiculous, whatever it was. And now you watch Bristol, you know, like well, I didn't watch the do they still get two? They still get one later in the I know that March race I so. more, uh, the March one I watched because mm-hmm. that was the one on dirt. Right. And, but i watched even the previous years and there's like seats all over. I'm like, what, what happened here? This is insane. Mm-hmm. Well, and I
1: think, I truly believe that a big part of it with NASCAR, right. Was back in the day when NASCAR was at its highest peak, right. Your Jeff Gordon, Daryl Waltrip, you know, Dale Earnhardt, that era. There was really no other racing televised. Yeah. I mean, that's basically all it was. So if people, people got, they bought into NASCAR because they're like, I want to watch racing on TV. I want to watch something. It was the only thing on, and that's what built it up. Well, now you can watch all your local stuff, national dirt stuff. You can watch, I mean, there's there's never ending list of what you can watch for racing online. And now people are realizing NASCAR wasn't as big as what people thought it was. It was just the only option, yeah. right? And now with all these other options, I think NASCAR is taking a big hit. I'm, I'm I'm guessing along with that sponsorship dollars got to be down because they have to be looking at it and saying there's a third of the amount of people being exposed to NASCAR races as, as it used to be, if not less. So the sponsor dollars don't go as far. So I think NASCAR is in a tough spot. I really do. I mean, we call it the top series in racing or whatever, but I, I just don't think that really is the case anymore. In my opinion, I think it's the money is there, but, I'd be interested to see how much money is there, and the, maybe maybe that's something we can do a little digging. Maybe we can find that somewhere, somehow. It'd be interesting to see. We we all have a little, little bit of connections in the NASCAR world. We'll see what we can find because I'd be curious to see what that looks like compared to, like you said, uh, 15, 20 years ago even.
0: I bet it's, yeah, it's got to be down past past really that's really interesting but yeah it makes all the sense of the world they're just not filling the buildings and uh Dustin Jarrett said something like 200 campsites at Sonoya so you know that like I said I just really think that dirt track or late at least dirt late model racing is really great now we, maybe we're going to get overexposed at the, the, the XR series I don't know you know maybe maybe there are enough fans to go around for I mean college football seems to pull it off the NFL seems to pull it off so as long as they're not real stupid maybe we can pull it off and like I said I think you know, so many of these fans love that, that two or three day show where they pull the camper in and have a great time. And I was surprised to hear that Sonoya had 200 sites. So, um, anything else on that subject? We're ready to but go Robert
1: on. brought it up Just a second ago, we'll briefly touch on this and we're going to go into more depth on this when we talk about the schedules. Right. But there was some rumbling this weekend. You know, I, I read this online. There was some rumbling at these different shows of some of the drivers that are following both world of outlaws and Lucas saying, I don't think we're going to follow a series, you know, because they look at all the big paying shows between Lucas has some big ones. World of Oz has some big ones. XR has some big ones. The flow deal has some big ones. Plus there's some non-sanctioned, just standalone big shows. Right. And they're looking at it going, is there really a benefit to following the series? And it sounds like there's some drivers very much thinking about the idea of dropping off the series. Now I'm going to ask you one question, then we'll move on. For some drivers, that's probably a good idea, right? Take a guy like Brandon Overton, Jonathan Davenport, 99% of the time, they don't have to worry about making the show. They're, they're going to make the show. Now, if you're a mid-pack guy, right, if you're somebody that's following the series, I'll, I'll put Brent Larson, I'll put Boom Briggs, right? I'll put, you know, somebody like Cade Diller, some of those type of drivers, right? They, you know, Earl Pearson Jr., there's another one, Okay that group of people that without provisionals, they might not make a lot of these shows. Let's just call a spade a spade. Are those people going to almost be forced to follow a series? Because if they don't, and they try to just make all the events, are they going to run themselves right out of money?
2: Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, you're right. If you're a driver who depends on provisionals to make, quite a few of the shows then you almost have to run a series because you have that guarantee that you're going to make make the make the feature um running the outlaw sch- schedule would be more for the drivers who i mean obviously all drivers think they can win a race but let's be realistic i mean there's a select few that you know when they go to to a track they have a chance to win it's those drivers who would think about possibly running a, a you know, outlaw schedule and pick and choose.
0: Yeah. I yeah, totally as a, agree. yeah. As a car owner, I would definitely hook on with a uh, series. It's just less risky. I right? said, so you get the provisionals, you, you might get some gas money. There might be some other, you know, who knows what the contingencies are as far as at the end of the year, if you run the series versus if you don't. And the other thing I'd be considering if I was a young driver is picking the. you know, if I was an herb or maybe even a Bronson or a winger, Bobby Pierce, you know, kind of look, kind of see all the chips fall and, and maybe run the week or the series because I, I, and Ryan, you can attest to this. There's got to be some value in going to a sponsor and saying, I was a champion of this national series, you know, and that doesn't leave you, you know, because, you, you know, three years from that event. Say, well, three years ago, remember, I was the World of Outlaw champion, but there's, there's got to be some value over time. And saying it, or maybe, and I don't know if they do like past champions provisionals ever. If it ever gets to that point where well everyone made the race, I, I don't know that. But don't you think there's got to be some value for a younger guy go to the easier series, win that championship, and then you've got that you've got that in your belt for the well, rest past of your
1: champions get some kind of a perk for sure. They get I think they get free passes in. I think they get extra toll money for being a past champion, so they do get extra perks. I don't know that I would pick the. I don't know if I'd call it the easier of the two looking at the schedules right now, we'll get into this more later. I'd probably pick the one that has the most big money shows, right? Because most either one of the series getting what 10 to 12 cars at most following the series, right? So if you want to be locked into shows, do you want to be locked into all the ones that pay 12 grand to win, or do you want to be locked into the ones that pay 50 grand to win? So I, if it were me, I'd be looking at the Lucas series going, I want my provisionals on these 50 grand to win shows, not on a 12 grand to win show that that's uh, that's thinking with the, with the money. So they're going to have to step it up. We'll talk about that more, but let's get to the local side of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, big weekend uh, right up here in in St. Cloud in Wizzota country. So the meetings, the banquet, all the awards, everything kind of fired off there in St. Cloud, Ryan, I know you were kind of honed in on that. So we'll let you take over on, Know, kind of some of the breaking news i think I, I did see some a few things on the 2020 as far as you know rules and is this all they change or have you heard anything about changes i don't do you want to start there yeah
1: you know just first of all congratulations to all the champions all the wisota national champions you know that hell of a season i know it's a lot of commitment to get that done so congratulations to each and every one of those guys and we'll put that list out you know of people that won if you don't know it go to wisota's facebook page they have interviews with all the champions on there but uh the how it kind of works down there guys is thursday they kind of have a little bit of meeting stuff going on and then friday and saturday the promoters get together and they can have a couple people with them they meet with the wasota board they vote in new board members you know everybody has a, a term limit term limits are good by the way um so they they have that and then and then of course saturday night they have the national banquet and and I'm just going to, it is what it is. I'll get in trouble for this, but I don't care. Okay. We're (laughs) going to start out. Carson Grant, executive director of Wasoda, is getting another donkey award tip of the hat to you. Congratulations. Job well done. Okay. What happened? So a, a week or so before the annual meeting, I've been in contact all year, actually several years with many different promoters and everybody's got complaints, right? And, and issues and they got different frustrations. And I said, yeah, let's be productive with this. Let's just get together, not have a Wasoda bashing meeting online and let's just air our grievances and talk about what we can do productively come together to make the organization stronger, make their track racing better. It was a good meeting. It was about three hours. Um, there was several promoters on there from all the different states that are represented and from Canada. So it went well. There was a lot of good stuff that came out of that meeting. I can't make this up. He started out the meeting with the promoters by like basically yelling at them for having a meeting behind Wesoda's back. It's like, who do you think you are? Okay. So Carson, you need to understand Wissota needs the racetracks the racetracks don't need with soda. Okay. You need to understand that. That's how it works. Okay. The tracks do not need you. They could all say hell with it. We're all going to get together and start another thing. I don't think that's the best case scenario. We want to make what's already there better. Right. I think that just makes sense. Division's never a good deal. I mean, think about the DTRA deal. They pissed off some tracks. They left. Changes were made. They ended, that ended up not working or whatever, but division's never good. And we, to this day, still don't have Cedar Lake, who is, you know, think what you want. It's the track in Wisconsin. It's it's always been that way for, for years, and they're still not back to Wissota. So, Carson, you, you can't be coming down on the promoters and treating them like you're above them, okay? You can't do that. Like, this is a conglomerate. Wissota, essentially, is the promoter's. Okay. It's the Wasota Promoters Association. The promoters represent Wasoda. They vote in the board, and the board picked you to do a job. You're not above these promoters. Okay. You are supposed to be working together with these promoters. Okay. So I know some promoters talked to him about this and hopefully he got hopefully he got the drift. Okay. Now, one thing that came out of the meeting that we had is there needs to be more of that. togetherness, right? It can't be, well, Wasota did that. Promoters and Wasota got to be working together to make this deal work. And I heard grumblings that there might be some kind of a committee in the works of being looked at where the the promoters can actually be like an advisory council to the board. That needs to happen. So that was a good thing. Now, as far as the rules go, because they vote on the rules at this meeting, and a, a few of the things that stuck out you know you're going to have there'll be a press release from Wasoda that talks about all the different rules and the exact verbiage of the rules but in the street stock division um they actually are allowed headers this year there's going to be a certain header um they they've been running stock exhaust manifolds for years headers are actually cheaper better they don't they don't break it's just a better deal so their drivers are pretty happy about that the Midwest Mod division went to quick changes which I saw some stuff on Facebook and some drivers are dead set against it. And some people are all for it. Me as a former racer, it's like the best thing ever, right? I mean, it's amazing. I'm so pumped and I know a lot of other sanctionings are doing the same thing, but guys, I know neither one of you have ever changed a set of gears. Okay. Well, maybe Bert, have you Bert? I have not
2: changed a set of gears. No, I, I, I would know how to do it. Um, you at
1: least know what end of the car yeah, the gears right, on. Who could right. be you like, gotta, where are you the gotta, gears? I don't really know. You, you got to take the,
2: take, take the plate shooters. off. Drain, drain the, Drain the oil and take the gears out. Put the gears back in. Put the plate back on. And then that's a
1: quick change. Forward. That's yes. a quick change. Okay. <laughs> so how it works before that, I'm kind of dumb it down. Puka, well, Puka I Puka to understand here. You got to get the car on the air. You got to pull little caps off. You got to pull the axles out. You got to go underneath, you got to unbolt the drive shaft, you got to drain the gear oil, and then you got this heavy center section that you got to pull out, set down, put a new one in, put it all back together again. Now, I've heard numbers on on nine-inch gears, that's what they call the gears that they were running. You know, some people are saying, Oh, you can get them four or five hundred bucks a set. Yeah, you can probably on the Econo version. But I know people spent spending well over a thousand bucks a set on a set of rear end gears. Okay. Now. On a quick change, it's exactly like Bert said. You just pull the cover off, you pull two gears out, you put two more in, and it's done. It literally takes five minutes, at most five minutes. Super easy, super quick. It's It promotes traveling, in my opinion, because you might have a driver say, well, our track rained out. I got to go there. I still got to change gears. Hell with it, right? Well, now they're like, it takes two minutes to change gears. We're going to go because it's so much easier, and gears are cheaper yeah, you can get quick change gears. If you're looking at the best of the best, probably 150, couple hundred bucks a set, you know, on the very, very high end. And you can get a lot of set of rear end gear, um, of quick change gears for under a hundred. But regardless, it's cheaper in the long run because eventually nine inch gears go, It just is what it is, right? It, they, people blow gears, right? Terence Spacek I think he blew a set of gears leading the legendary 100. You don't see a lot of that in quick change. Barely ever, right? You barely ever see that happen. But here's the big difference. Most people like myself, I had, what well, I raced everywhere, right? And I had about 10 different sets of gears. And let's just call it at that time, eight, 900 bucks a set. We'll do the math. That's eight to $9,000. That's a lot of money, right? Well, I could have 10 sets of gears on the high end for like 2,000 at the very most, if I was buying the absolute lightest, best. Probably closer to a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks for 10 sets of gears. So, for somebody that travels, it's way better. And in the first year, people are like, Oh, everybody's got that stuff. So, what was Soda did? I'm torn on this. People can put in their comments what they think. I don't know how I feel about this, but they they have a 50 pound penalty. You got to be 50 pounds heavier if you go to the quick change, and you can have a 50 pound um, weight break for the nine inch. And basically, that's to allow the phase-in period. And I think once everybody transitions over, that weight break will be gone. But I was pretty happy to see that quick change deal. I've heard people say, oh, man, that's just going to make it too much like a modified. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Um, in fact, any class that can fit a quick change in their car should have a quick change because it's cheaper over time. It's easier. It's safer. It's it's just better all around. Now, another change was In the modified division, guys, we've talked about this a little bit on safety stuff. They went to a carbon fiber drive shaft rule, okay? Now, the the purpose behind that is if it hits the frame or something, when it breaks, it it explodes and it doesn't like rip somebody's arm off. It's a safety deal, you know, it definitely is safer. There's no question. I've looked at some cars. I've looked at some cars where their drive shaft hoops are terrible and I think the chassis builder should be held accountable on this, but the quick, now, the problem is they're allowing them in the mods for 2022, but not in the Midwest mods till 2023. It's the same car. Right? It's, it's like, so what do they think? Midwest mods are safer for you? I don't really get it. If they're letting that rule in based on safety, why not just put them in the Midwest mods and be done with it? You know, and they are safer. They are absolutely safer. Um, everybody has their opinions on them. I was a little surprised, I guess, that they're not allowing them in the Midwest mods for a whole nother year, made absolutely no sense to me. It is what it is. And then the modifies, they're going to a tubular lower A-frame option. Up until this point, you ran stock lower A-frames and now you can run aftermarket tubular ones, torn on that as well. If it's teched properly, which it won't (laughs) be, (laughs) right? Let's just be honest. Um, it won't be if it's tech properly. I like it better. I think it's just simpler, it's cheaper. You know, in the long run, um, I don't think it's a bad deal. I'm torn on it, I'm neither here nor there. I do like it for guys that want to, especially want to bounce back and forth maybe between with USRA, UMP, because they're allowed in those divisions or in those sanctions, so they kind of have it, but they're not allowed. I don't believe they're allowed in IMCA, so that's on the rules side. And then they had the banquet and. I'm telling you what. No, I wasn't there. I was in the Bahamas, and trust me, it was nicer in the Bahamas than it was in Saint Cloud, Minnesota this week. Okay, but I had a lot of people guys reach out to me because I I asked them. I said, you know, hey, what happened at the rules meeting? What happened at these meetings? You know, what stuck out to you? And every one of them said, Ryan, the banquet is so god awful boring, right? And and that's another donkey word to Minnesota. They gotta they gotta step things up. It's twenty twenty one okay? It needs to be a production. It needs to be exciting. You need people to go, I'm excited to go to the banquet, right? So I'll start with this. Back in when I was racing, there was literally five or six boards of all these contingency prizes. They have more classes, right? More drivers, and they literally had one board that they couldn't even fully fill up with contingency prizes on one board. and nothing, you know, like oh. giving I mean, it was just I don't know if it's lack of know-how, lack of ambition, lack of ability. I don't know what it is by whoever's in charge of that ordeal, they just dropping the ball. Okay, that's got to be fixed. That's that's embarrassing. This is the national awards banquet for the whole sanctioning body. Get off your butt and do something here. State points. Last year, of course, he didn't have national points. They transitioned that money over. They paid zero dollars to the state champions. <laughs> They get like a little plaque or something like that. Or- Just get rid of the whole deal. Just get rid of it. You ain't get it. If you're not going to throw money at the state champions, get rid of it. It's stupid. Okay. Like I'm, nobody walks around saying I was a state champion. What'd you get for that? Well, nothing. <laughs> okay, cool. Just get rid of it. It's stupid. Like, or, or go get some sponsors and put some money towards it. Why the hell are they recognizing things like that? They don't even pay the drivers, right? The money, right. That they're paying out is basically the same as it was I ain't kidding you. When I was racing, I won my last national championship in 2007, and the money is basically the same: three hundred dollars from Wasota to win a track championship in a B mod. I heard that to me. Three hundred dollars. What? You know, we're talking. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. All they got to do is work, right? It all—it's it's, it's W O R K, work. Okay, whoever's doing this job, get off your ass. All right. It's, it's embarrassing. It is. You got to have some contingencies. You got to, you wonder why people don't follow national points. It's a, it's a joke. They don't pay nothing. Put some money towards it. the drivers. The cost of everything has gone through the roof. Make this good, right? You know, and look into the no production. It was about four and a half or five hours. You know, the first two hours was, was sort of kind of patting themselves on the back, you know, you know, they thanking everybody, the janitor, this, that, everything It's just ridiculous, right? But here's the deal. You got all top 10 in all these classes. Why don't they have like all their stats, right? And pump these drivers up, make them feel like, hey, they took some time to really look to see what I did over the year. If they want some different specials, mention them, right? You know, really just, it doesn't, it takes a little bit of work, but not much help. They could probably email me and I could probably send them a list. I have all that stuff already. Why don't or they go watch
0: the show? They go watch the power rankings. Yeah, there you go.
1: Carson, watch the, watch the buyracers.com one to go show power rankings. And we'll get you that information if you need it. You know, I would think, right. That the national championship drivers, they should really be hyped, right. They should really be celebrated. Is it you got Dirt Race Central who does a fantastic job all year long, and they got video clips of literally multitude of tracks, and I guarantee they had video clips of every single national champion, multiple ones, right? Why can't they make a three, four, five minute long video clip of some of their highlights, races they won, on all this stuff, and hype up that driver as they're coming on? They didn't even have a video guys nice during dinner, okay? Like during dinner, you know, when we did the Grand Rapids banquet, we got a video playing during dinner with racing clips from the season, with sponsors on there. We have all that going on during the banquet. They literally had nothing. I don't even think they even had a screen, to be honest with you, right? They and I, here's another complaint I got. This is race car drivers. Race car drivers. What is their beverage of choice? light Beer, <laughs> right? They they shut number one. They had one bar. At the whole banquet, all these people, one bar. I was talking to drivers, and they were mad about this. They reached out to me. They're like, Ryan, it took 45 minutes to get my first freaking beer. They used to have two or three bars set up around the banquet. They got one. Ridiculous, right? And it's tied in with the green mill. People were leaving the the banquet, walking down to the green mill, and like a drink was $3 cheaper at the green mill than it was at the banquet. They're like, plus, you didn't have to wait in line. Ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Hot Carl,
1: was sucking down the keg. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Tardy family would not be happy with that. Okay. That would not fly. They wouldn't even go. Now, the other thing is they, they shut down the, the, okay. You're going to the national banquet. You got drivers from spread out throughout the Soda region. They got, they want to get together after the banquet, have a good time, have a few beers, visit literally an hour or so before the end of the banquet, they shut down the whole bar. It was done. You couldn't even get them. Right. The banquet got done, like the, the awards recognition got done. They didn't even have an after party of any kind. Like literally, well, the awards are done. Thanks for coming. Like, no music, no band, no racing videos on the screen, bars closed, and people were like, that's it? Like we're done? Like, are you kidding me? What the hell is that? I mean, like, who puts this together? Are these people like a hundred years old or something? Like, I mean, who that who the hell even wants to go? And then they penalize you. If you don't go, they take, I believe it's 25% of your point fund. Well, who the hell wants, I'd be like, take it. Just go ahead and take it because A, the point fund ain't that big anyway. I probably cost more to drive there, pay for the tickets and get a hotel than what you're going to lose anyway. So people are going, now, whatever, I'm probably up money ahead by not going. And then they don't got to sit through that God awful boring banquet. That's why a lot of tracks have gotten away from bank points. You've got to make these exciting, no gay gifts, no fun. No, not. I mean, just lame. And it's just, it's just unbelievable. And that's how the Wissola 100 is nothing special. It's like they need to have somebody in charge, right. That says, you know what? Let's make this an event. Let's make this exciting. Let's make people want to come. And, and right now, if you're watching the show, if you're a promoter, me, put me on the list. Okay. I'll be happy to work next to my buddy Carson. And we'll make this thing fun next year, okay? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing an absolute joke of a banquet where they're not celebrating their drivers. I mean, come on, man, this is ridiculous. So, that's enough of my rant there. Um, just uh, kind of a, I guess a, drop ball, so to speak, of a banquet. Um, a lot of, and, and this didn't come from me. All of this stuff. So if you're if you're with Wasoda go. Oh, I can't believe he said that, right? I wasn't there, okay? I got text messages and Facebook messages from a whole lot of people and phone calls from drivers saying, this was stupid. I ain't going next to you. This is ridiculous. This is all from people that were there. Not This wasn't my opinion. This was my take on all of their opinions. So that's how they're feeling right now. They ain't feeling, the drivers are not feeling very appreciated. And I'm telling you what, the promoters do what the drivers want, Okay. And it'd be very easy for the drivers to go, these freaking people don't do nothing for me, nothing for us, right? To hell with Wasolta, let's go a different direction. Their tracks ain't going to have a choice, so wake up, all right? So, there's my rant. (laughs) All right, so picks from last week? Ah, me and Bert, we got, man, we just can't get any separation here, man. We both had JD on day one at Vegas, and uh, good old Jeff, he got one right. He had Madden at Sonoya, so only three of us right in the current standings on this deal. Bert, you and I still at a, a, a deadlock here at 33. Jeff's at 22. Pete's at 18. Puka's at 17. And uh, Keith is a seller dweller down at 14. And this week, I'm actually going to go over our picks because we don't have many. We'll just talk about who we're picking. So. We have four races we're going to pick this week, guys. And the first two are going to be the king of the sandbox, Milton, Florida's Southern Raceway. Okay. Trivia question. Okay. Extra credit. Name a modified driver with a win at the Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida.
0: Ding, 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 ding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would that be number 71? Close. 71A. Seventy-one oh. eight. Yep, I got I got her done down there. Right, I got a win down uh, I guess it would have been two thousand nine. It would have been. I went down for speed weeks one at or at East Bay, and then I ran up to Milton up there and ran pretty well. Kind of an interesting track. It's definitely in the deep south. The war is not over down there. It's it's in it's in the panhandle, right? So essentially, it's I call it South Alabama. Yeah, that's, that's right. all I need to say. Okay, so night number one down there. <laughs> so. Pete and Keith, ball drop. Donkey Award to Pete and Keith for not getting their picks in. I talked to Jeff and Jeff's like, I've been doing their picks for a while now. I'm like, why are you doing that? Just like like we gotta get Puka back ahead of Pete. You're like, if he, you know, we gotta at least get him there where he belongs. So Donkey Award to Pete what,
2: for not. What making is what is this the 2000 election mailing in your ballots yeah
1: exactly Exactly. <laughs> just make up as you go so night number one at milton at southern raceway i have the killer kyle bronson and then bert jeff and puka all have joe it's joseph joiner right um yeah joseph joiner and the, and the hunt the front hunt the front is obviously putting on this event that's their home track down there so you guys have them on night number one, night number two is 20 grand to win. Pretty nice payday for these guys. And uh, me and Bert Air Force Ashton Winger, and Jeff has the killer Kyle Bronson, and Puka's got big, sexy Brandon Overton. Now, Extreme Dirt Car Series they have their late model series starting up, and it's the one that kind of starts November and it rolls over after the first of the year into January. And it's starting Saturday night down in Lancaster Speedway. And uh, I'm going to go with Chris Smokey Madden at that one. And Bert has the boss, Ross Bales, as Ooh. does Jeff. Jeff has Ross Bales. He, he runs good down there. And Puka's got uh, Jimmy Owens. Is he going to be running his longhorn this weekend?
0: I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah,
1: he'll be, faster. He'll be <laughs> faster. And then Sunday is the Blue-Gray 100 over at the Cherokee Speedway, Gaffney, South Carolina. And I'm going to go with Big Sexy Brandon Overton at that one and because he's going to run Friday Saturday looks like at Milton but rumor has it he's going to jump over to Gaffney and run there on Sunday and that's 10 grand to win Bert, Jeff and Puka all have Chris Smokey Madden down there so that's our picks here for this week you know and uh, if we had one pick right just one our sure bet of the week now that's brought to you by our friend uh, Jay Schmidt, Jay Schmidt Real Estate Watertown South Dakota you know, four racers, by racers, he's 20 years of business experience. And if you're in the state of South Dakota and you're you need real estate transactions in land or in residential or commercial, Jay's gonna take good care of you. I tell you what, that's a sure bet. I mean, I can promise you this the lock in this deal, the sure bet is he's gonna take good care of you. Our other sure bets, probably not so good, but that one you can count on, get a hold of Jay Schmidt out in Watertown, South Dakota. So Bert. Who is your lock of the week? Um, I'll do my lock of Smokey
2: Madden winning the blue-gray 100 at Cherokee.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to echo that. You know, coming off a big win this past weekend, I think he's going to keep the momentum rolling. You know, it's been a long time, like I said, May till November, um, and uh, he's a past uh, blue-gray 100 champ, obviously, so I'm going with Madden. How about you? Yeah, I'm gonna disagree totally. Um, he's not
1: gonna <laughs> win there because big sexy Brandon Overton's gonna get it done. He's gonna make the trip over from Milton. He's probably gonna win there. I couldn't pick him twice, um, so I'm gonna go with Overton at the Blue Gray 100. So let's get into the last lap, brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. Of course, Frank Zuli building winners. You know, national championship, of course, with. uh, with Parker Anderson. He won the Stephas Tour Championship. Vogel was uh, second in the national points. Jake Knapper in the Super Stocks was up in the top 10. So lots of wins this year by them. This is the time of year. Get your stuff over to him. Get it fresh and get it rebuilt. Get it upgraded, whatever you want to do. And if you need a new engine, get on the list because that list is not short. He's got lots of stuff going on. So get a hold of Frank. He'll take good care of you. We'll see you in the Winter circle here in 2022. So, Little bit of news, kind of. It's kind of the starting of the silly season, right? People jumping, going different directions. Puka, you said you had a little bit of news on a few people. Uh, we talked about Brian Shirley last week, right? He jumped into a longhorn. What do we hear this week?
0: Yeah, a few more people stroking checks for longhorn. Um, of course, Jimmy Owens debuted uh, down at uh, where were they at again? <laughs> uh, the peach state classic, uh, debut uh, you know, and that was what we saw that picture What Thursday. I mean, it was like, boom, or Friday, even it was like, no, no rumors, nothing leading up to it. You know, he was debuting and then more locally, Jake Tim, uh, with some stuff on social media that he's, he's, uh, strapping into a long now. So real interesting. That one surprises me. Yeah. That one surprises surprising. He's still got the MB mod. They're tight with
1: Mars. Not sure what the deal is there. I'm wondering if they stroked a the check for a, for a Longhorn because maybe he couldn't get it. an MB quick enough. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a recon deal going, we're going to get a Longhorn, see if we can maybe, that's how these chassis builders work. I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but it could be, right? But that leads to the fan question of the week, right? And I want to get this right here because the fan question of the week comes to us from our buddy Keith, okay? And his question is this, or not Keith, my bad, other brother. The other brother, Daryl, it's from Carl, not from Keith. So Jeff and Keith and Carl are brothers. This one is from Carl, okay? longtime listener, buddy of mine. So what is the reason for the big switch to Longhorns? Is it a typical racing monkey-see-monkey-do deal? Or has the Rocket Magic kind of run its course and maybe the XR1s have just outdated? Once you guys give
0: your thoughts, I'll give my thoughts on it. Well, I, I think we've always seen monkey see monkey do, haven't we, with the chassis game? I, I You know, I, I'm not surprised. You know, Rocket, I mean, it was Rocket last year. They were on top in both series. And, and uh, I mean, not not by a long shot. Well, Owens was all by a long shot. I guess Shepard was too. But, you know, there were plenty of good drivers like GD and T-Mac and, and uh, Overton that were in Longhorns. Uh, but, you know, they seem to have found something. And I don't know if it's – you know, you walk through the pits or just certain drivers, they always say that, well, if I had that car, I'd win. You know, if I, if I, if I had had their equipment, I'd win. And I just think there's, there's, there's kind of that attitude. So yeah, definitely monkey see, monkey do. What do you think, Bert?
2: Uh, I agree. I mean, it's monkey see, monkey do. And it seems like, you know, this is nothing new with uh, you know a chassis showing some dominance and then people jumping towards it and then another one will show dominance and people jump towards that one. It's kind of cyclical. I mean, uh, you know, everybody was in a rocket before and now they're kind of going to Longhorns. I can remember when uh, master builds were the thing. You know, everybody was jumping to a master's build. When uh, Jimmy Myers and Burkhoffer started doing the MB custom, they won a lot of big races right away and people were jumping to those cars so um that you know that tends to be how things go and the thing with jimmy owens i was doing some reading today and he's not totally switching to a longhorn he purchased a longhorn only one he still has his rockets um so he can go back to the rockets if he wants to um And based on his performance at Sonoya, he got lapped in like 25 laps in one of the features. So, uh, you know, just, just jumping into a new chassis doesn't mean that you're going to win a race. You still have to learn the chassis and learn how to set it up.
1: And surely struggled, right? He got into that longhorn and he struggled right, right away too. So that transition point is different, you know, and it was this time last year, Rocket was a car to have, right? I mean, Jimmy Owens and Brandon Shepard dominated, the Lucas Oil Series, and the World of Outlaws. Of course, Overton was the, the guy in the Longhorn who put together a great year. But those two were flat-out dominant. And Remember how, I mean, really bad, I guess we'll say, J.D. was last year. He was, I mean, that he did not have a good year. So just a year ago, Rockets were the car to have. And now they're like, something happened. The Rockets weren't performing. We better all jump to a Longhorn. Part of it is, you know, you look at technology. Back in the day, the, the technology wasn't changing now I mean it changes fast I mean if not daily weekly there there's upgrades and there's stuff going on with shops and all that so that technology is there and you, the new generation of drivers right and, and maybe because there's so much technology there the new generation of drivers a lot of them don't really know anything right and Jimmy Owens does I think he's a sharp cat but a lot of these guys they just go by the book like what is? What does the rocket book say? what does the Longhorn book say? What, what adjustments should I make? Or they're on the phone with, their, with the guy helping them set the car up. So they're looking for more tech support. Maybe part of it's Mark Richards, right? You know we've heard grumblings over the year of conflict maybe between, you know with uh, Brandon Shepard and Mark Richards. We, we've heard grumblings of conflict there. We've heard grumblings of Mark Richards not being really easy to get along with. Maybe they're looking a different direction because they're just not easy to get along with. And when they're struggling, maybe they're looking a different direction, going, you know what, we're struggling, and this guy's kind of an asshole. We'll go this way, right? Maybe I, I don't really know. I don't. That, you'd have to ask them. I'm just speculating here. I haven't heard that for sure. <laughs> but, but the fact is, that could be a big part of it. You know, I know a lot of people you know you, when you buy a product which a race car is a product you know if the product's really dominant you're gonna be like hell yeah that's an easy decision but if it's not so dominant now you're looking at people like who do you want to be aligned with and who you're going to work with and who you're going to get tech support from that could be a big part of it as well so it'll be interesting to see how the silly season goes here but uh yeah speaking of mark richards okay you uh, you mentioned that you heard a little grumbling from mark richards yep. over this uh Recent week
0: here, yeah, and I want your guys' take on this. So, you know, he, there was an interview he, he cast right after the World Finals, and and you know, basically the synopsis was he thought that these major series need to pay deeper in the field and more tow money. Now, I understand the Dolly Parton part. Yeah, they probably should pay a little bit deeper. And I, as a matter of fact, we announced on the show, I believe it was in the winter of nineteen before the pandemic year, that the World of Allas they came in and and they caked a lot of money, you know, into the middle you know, cause I think it's like two or three grand for 10th or something like that with the world of, All. you know, they, they came in and, and kind of cakes some money in there. Uh, but the WTF kind of is, is, is some of that tow money to me, you know, they've, they've increased the purse or they, excuse me, the points there, you know, and like I said, just a couple of years ago, they increased the middle and the starting pay and that kind of stuff, you know, they're there to race. It's racing. We're there to race. W- what are you talking about tow money? I mean, you know, what, what why, why are they, you know, you know, whatever. I I don't exactly know what a World of Outlaw race is. It like five hundred to start, maybe or something. But like I said, I think it's like a thousand, two grand, thousand, a thousand, a thousand. You know, so it's yeah. like, well, now you now you need tow money in addition. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, like I said, you're there the race. You're not there to get there and say, well, just because I get in the pits now I'm profitable. You mm-hmm. know, and so the racing doesn't matter. The racing should matter. Dale Earnhardt raced his way to millions of dollars. You know, Billy Moyer raced his way to being Billy Moyer. They didn't show up in the pits and say, oh, great. You know, I don't know. Both thousand some tires that go coast around. What do you guys think?
1: Well, partially true on that, because I know for a long time they were getting show up money. Those two drivers that you just mentioned, there have been tracks that said, we'll give you X amount of dollars just on top. Like you just come and you're guaranteed this. So that's always been a thing. Right. But, you know, looking at the PPP loan money. Right. And this is just from a while back and you might have got more on the second term. Mark Richards Racing got 232000 in PPP money. And here he's complaining him. about freaking startup money. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, what are you even talking about, right? So he got like 232000 of free money. They didn't stop racing. They didn't stop building race cars. They didn't stop working. They didn't stop, people didn't stop buying race cars. I don't believe he got affected, right? But he got 232000 of free money. And here he's complaining about startup money what what are you talking about right now if you're if you're a traveler right if and I do get his point okay so that's that's a little bit on Mark Richards and I do get his point you look at some of these shows that pay 50 grand week, right and then it's like 20 or 15 for second and like under 10 for third I think that needs to be spread out right I think the I think a lot of drivers have mentioned that all this hype is good. Yeah, it would be cool to be the guy that won 50 grand, right? But my God, would it be a lot better for the sport if they paid 30 grand and took that other 20 grand and spread it out between the field? I guarantee that'd be better, right? That would be better for a lot of your mid-range teams. There's there's some lower dollar teams out there that would keep them coming. So, because it's if the track's going to pay out X amount of dollars for the show, right? It's going to, let's say that they got a hundred thousand, you know, whatever that they're going to pay the show. Well, that's getting paid out. However they slice, right. But what's more appealing to the drivers, the car owners, what's more appealing to the teams. Is it more appealing to be at a 50 grand to win show? That's thousand bucks to start. And it's not very good up to like 10th. Cause a lot of times literally from the last place position all the way up to 12th, it's like the same money. And we all wonder why, like why are these guys pulling off? Why, why wouldn't they, you know, they're that far back. It's like, they're, I mean, they got to pass 10 cars to even make another dollar. Why, why would they stay out? It makes no sense. So I think, I think reallocating it to where it's more spread out through the field, in my opinion is definitely better, but there still needs to be a variance between first and second. Right. Cause you also don't want to go, well, it's 30 grand to win, but it's 29 grand per second. Well, that's kind of dumb too. You know, that's like giving the blue ribbon to the 15th place person at the four H. So you just don't do that. You know, there has to be a certain award for winning and then, but I think the rest of the field can be spread out because for the average team out there, let's face it, most of these traveling tour teams are not average teams. They got some pretty good money, but I think that, uh, I think spreading it out would be better for the sport all around. What's your take? What do you think, Puka? Oh, Bert? Well, I I agree with you,
2: Ryan, that uh, spreading it out is the best thing to do, I think, for the sport as a whole. Unfortunately, spreading it out doesn't get the flashy headlines that a 50,000 to win show does you know, you get a headline of 20,000 a win, but we're putting 30,000 extra throughout the rest of the field, you know, that doesn't get the flashy headlines. And let, let's be honest. I mean, we live in a society where people basically read the headlines and that's how they get their news. They base all, they base their opinion based on a headline. And I mean, I've written, you know, I, I part-time I, I, write stories for a local newspaper and I'll write a story and we'll post it online and people read the headline and then they start complaining about stuff and it's like well what about this and I'm thinking to myself if you read the story that is spelled out in the story exactly what you're asking but we live in a society where people just look at headlines so everybody tries to get that flashy headline and spreading the money out doesn't get that flashy headline
1: yeah no you're exactly right there is that marketing side of things because you're marketing to two different groups right marketing to the fan they're like holy cow it's 50 grand to win right and, and you're going to get a few drivers but puka's favorite driver tom nesbitt he's like i never looked at that i looked at fifth mm-hmm. tenth start money what's it going to cost to get there and anything above that was a bonus so drivers and teams look at it differently than the average fan that's looking at it going wow speaking of that wow factor heard a little rumor this weekend i don't know if you guys saw this or not but talking about potentially top heavy wow the crowd type of purse a little something maybe i seen on the twitter page for eldora bert have you seen anything there uh yeah they're they're uh tweeting some
2: cryptic messages uh which everybody is kind of predicting that uh there's going to be another million dollar race uh, next summer. Oh, I win. Mean,
1: million to, to win, win. Yes. Right. yes, a million,
2: million to win. Um, I mean, nothing is confirmed, but I mean, basically Eldor on their Twitter. They basically spelled it out and took some letters out. You have to fill in the letters. So I, I, I think it's pretty sure that it's going to happen. It's just a question of when and other details.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Looking forward to that. I I would expect that announcement to be coming sooner rather than later. So keep an eye on that. And
2: the interesting thing is because I had dinner with one of my friends over the weekend and he goes to the Dream and the World 100 every year. Uh, He's the one I go to the World 100 with and he said he hasn't gotten any information about ticket renewals yet for the Dream or the World 100. So maybe they have to get all this other stuff situated before they they do that
0: yeah um, just you know, kyle, kyle larson better you know if, if, go back to the beginning of the show and the nascar purse is being cut kyle larson better get this if it's a million he better get <laughs> skip the nascar weekend and go to eldora <laughs> yeah it's going to be on a sunday sunday afternoon
1: <laughs> he won't be able to race it that all the dirt late model guys are going to be like i think it should be a sunday show we don't want to in there sunday <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see you know and uh speaking of marquee events coming at the end of the year uh jeff shot me over and i know this kind of been out for a little while but i don't think we mentioned it on here so we got uh, in december we're not too far away it's getting close Dirt in december at the Dome, the Wasota Modified National Champion with a one TPO, Tyler Peterson, got the call, and uh, he's dome-bound with the one TPO. I'm excited for that. That, for me, is like I'm more interested in seeing him at the Dome than, than anything else because that's his forte. He's that turn and burn, hustle the high side. I mean, it's like a mini Water Town there, right? So just a little bullring. I think he's got the potential to maybe make some noise at this deal. What do you think?
0: Totally. Totally. I mean, like I said, that's kind of track, but you know, down there it's going to get, you know, you got a time and you got, you can't start eighth in the heat, you know, just so small, but you get a little luck on that timing and get stuff. Now I don't think he's raced outside of Wizzota much, right? Cause he's going to start racing. The guys that used to race out of Wizzota back, you know, even you know, when, like, in you know, 09 and stuff, they used to tell me, Well, it's different. We go somewhere else, Can we put real tires on, we put the real Hoosiers on, not the, the crappy Wazona Hoosier. So, I don't know if there'll be a learning curve there for tires. For yeah, him he early.
1: ran not this year, but last year, he went one week down to Illinois and he ran, uh, I think, Fairberry, Macon, uh, oh. Farmer City. I think he was at so he ran one week down there with the Hell Tour. So, he's been on those tires already, but I'll tell you this much, there's no learning curve there, um, but, in the model. And the okay. reason I say that is, you know, with sort of modified that they look, the tires are the same size. They look the same, but they're hard. They're a harder compound. So now he's going to the dome on a softer compound and all that's going to do is make more.
0: More traction. Sure. So, yeah. so,
2: well, uh, and do tires even matter there because it, they're only touching the track like 50% of the time that you're on the track at the dome. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> is, Great.
1: that is, remember Mike McKinney on all four, all four tires off the ground? And uh, Nick Hoffman, right, Nick Hoffman, the thrill for Mooresville, going to be running a late, a mod, and a midget. He's going to do triple duty down at the dome. He better he better eat his Wheaties, right, because that place looks like it might be a little tough on the body. So he might, he might need to work out a little bit extra before getting there. So this week, guys, must-see events
0: of the week. Puka brought to you by. Yes, RV share. So, uh, you know, perhaps you want to get down to, to St. Louis and, and uh, can't find a hotel, you want to do some camping, you can rent an RV and RV share. Or if you've got an RV, like I said, it's going to be wintertime up here north, you're not going to use it, you're going to kind of just, uh, you know, get it set up and, and uh, you know, blow all the pipes out for winter. You can list that RV for rent on RV share and make a little bit of extra income. So click the link. The only way you're gonna support the one to go show is if you click the link that we have down here in the show notes, it uh, will bring you over because there's a little bit of a code that they track that with. So RV share, make some money or rent an RV and go out for a great time. So anything in particular, I know right now we talked about the shows coming
1: up. we got the King of the Sandbox, Friday and Saturday on flow from the Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida. Saturday and Sunday, you got the Extreme Dirt Car Series getting underway, um, Lancaster, South Carolina, on Saturday. Then, of course, the Blue Gray 100 at Cherokee on Sunday. And I believe them shows are on—they're on Dirt Vision, I think, um, because it's uh, dirt car. Yeah. So I believe they're on Dirt Vision. Anything other than those shows that you guys maybe seen that stick out to you?
0: No, I'm just I'm. No. I'm interested I'm in that blue gray 100 to see if Bloomquist can can get a win. I know he was at that one last year. Now, incidentally, Scott Bloomquist turned 58 years old on Sunday down in Vegas. So over under, either of you, did he have a good time on his birthday in Vegas? <laughs> over, over. Yeah, I think Scott.
1: I think in Vegas, Bloomquist probably had a good time. Be interesting to see if he came out ahead or behind on his gambling because uh, he did not win a race out there but um he might have done well at the casino because i guarantee he made at least uh at least one visit to a casino out there um i am sure he might still be there for all we know he could still there.
0: under. is he still there
1: yeah i'm, I'm going to go with, yeah, i'm probably going under it's already it's, it's wednesday so I'm going to go with under so i got i got a question so we're talking about blue Quest. Yes or no answer. Is he going to win one by the end of the year? No. Yeah, no. I'm going to go with a no on that as well. King of the Sandbox, I think they're going to get a decent count, but let's remember Cherokee going into the World Finals. They had what, 15 late models, right? So, Blue Gray 100, uh, 10 grand to win there, 10 grand to win at Lancaster. I've seen a little bit more action on the Facebook page for Cherokee on drivers going, Fergie's going. I know uh, Madden looks like Overton's going. Lancaster, I haven't seen so much. Right? I even went as far as looking at some websites, and some drivers had Cherokee listed but not Lancaster. Okay, over oh. and under on Lancaster. Over and under on Lancaster, sixteen late models. Oh, over. I'll go over on that. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under at Lancaster, and I think that I think you're gonna see twice as many cars at Cherokee as you as you see at Lancaster for the same pay. That'll be interesting to see. So, any closing thoughts here on episode number one oh six? I do have one thing. Um, my my actually my mom texted me. She goes, "Hey, don't forget, you're a super stock guy. You gotta you gotta remember number six, right? i um, a former super stock." national champion i think he maybe ran a couple shows this year but shane kissling from over in wisconsin he was a number six as well so my parents uh sent me over that one says hey you got to give him a shout out he's a super stock guy so i'm like fair enough we'll do that so any closing (laughs) thoughts Bertrand or puka or
0: turn it over to puka to bring us home i'm running low on time but i want to bring this i've given you each of you 30 seconds to make your case sunday Vikings, Packers. Bert, you start. Thirty seconds.
2: Um, should I go into my excuses right now, or no? <laughs> no. Um, I'll I'll pick the Packers. Uh, I believe overall they're a better team, and uh, um, I will say it'll be twenty-seven to twenty-one. Okay. Green Bay.
0: It's a lot of Vikings. points for Kirk Cousins, isn't it? <laughs> no, Kirk Cousins is uh,
1: like, he's, I think the Vikings are third or fourth in the NFL in, in points score. Okay. So
0: they're, what so they're up there. So 21, the I'm putting it down 21 27, Bert, Packers win.
1: Yes. Yes. 34 24, Vikings. Ooh. Kirk Cousins is going to throw for 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, and Delvin Cook's going to hit pay dirt as well. So the Vikings uh, are not going to let the Packers come into Minnesota and leave with a victory. <laughs> those, are some,
0: those are some bold predictions. And now you know, I don't, I don't know if you, how much you follow it, but in October, the House and the NFL got completely rampaged. All of them, whether it's just the online sports betting or the physical casinos, a lot of upsets in there, a lot of parody in the NFL. You know, I don't follow the NFL probably as much as you guys do, but I know that they just got clobbered on some of these over-unders and point spreads and just everything. They, they said it's just, it's one of those years where, well, did the, did the Lions win the other day? Um, I died. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Nobody so wanted to win that game. You're on the wrong side. <laughs> you to be at least negative three, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you're, you're so, right. Um, Every, both the time they start hyping
1: up a team in the NFL, all of a sudden that team loses. It's like the Buffalo Bills, they're talking how great they
0: are. They lose nine to six to Jacksonville, right? You know, the couple got spot by by this weekend squad. Yeah. I mean, not even close. I mean, they got strapped. I mean, so the points were no good there.
1: Right. Exactly. So the Vikings are going to leave 500 this weekend and they're going to
0: steal one here from the
1: Packers. I'm looking forward to it. So bring (laughs) us home.
0: Yeah, that concludes the show. So if you like it, you know, if you like the show, please like subscribe, share it out uh, wherever you're at. YouTube, Facebook, Uh, you know, like I said, comment. We talked about a little bit about the rules package here with Risota. We talked about would you rather Vegas for Sonoya. So some good stuff there. Christmas is coming. Bert, you want to show what you're wearing there? You know, a great Christmas present. You know, just get a hold of one of the three of us. Email the one to go show at gmail.com message us. We can find a way to ship you out some gear. We've got uh, hooded sweatshirts, t-shirts. Go ahead. Message the one to go show because Puka, you'll see that
1: you have all that stuff. So you yeah. can send it out. If you want apparel, we have different shirts. we got hoodies message on Facebook, the one to go show. Um, and uh, Puka can take care of you there.
0: Yeah. We'll get you taken care of. So uh, like I said, great Christmas gifts. Thank you to our great partners. Dirt track supply, buyrayshorts.com, RV share, Uh, Zuli's Race Engine, Blue Line Brews. Uh, Like I said, comment where you can. TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube. That's where you're going to find us. Get out there, as always, and be your dream. You're tuned to the One to Go show. A
1: production of Gold Sports Media, LLC.